UK Report with Adam Gilchrist. At 18 minutes to 8, Adam, good morning. Hey, good morning. Now, obesity becomes normal. We're not talking about you, of course. Now, uh, where's it becoming normal? Uh, yeah, that, that's the, uh, the take of it from uh, the Chief Medical Officer of England, mm. who has basically taken her tape measure to the nation and uh, suggested that absolutely being overweight, as she puts it, is increasingly seen as the norm. Dame Sally Davis says, well, we know that two-thirds of adults and a third of children are overweight or obese. Um, and obese actually isn't, it's one of those things, it starts quite low, body mass index of 25. Um, actually, most rugby players would fit into the obesity bracket because it doesn't always take account of things like muscle. But anyway, the problem, says Dame Sally, is not about how we measure ourselves. It's the fact that we don't identify the problem and that a lot of people mm. don't think that they are overweight and don't think they need to take action. And in particular, don't think with their own children that they need to take action. Mm, and yes. uh, she's saying, yes, you can point the finger at the media and the clothes industry and others for allowing the body shape issue to sort of drift, as it were. And, you know, we don't want to turn ourselves into a nation of anorexics and become weirdly obsessed by this. But mm. the fact is, we've got too fat and we need to do something. Yep, that's true. But then some people say, yeah, but this BMI, I've got, big, I've got, I've got a big bone structure. Yes, I always wonder about that because, um, because don't they say when you look at a skeleton, there's the basic uh, height of a skeleton and mm. nothing else is different. And so uh, we often say that, oh, you know, big bones or um, it, it's the, the natural build, but the actual skeleton is still the same size, isn't it? Mm. Uh, given height differences, not girth differences, if you're with me. Well, my muscles have gone too big. Um, anyway. <laughs> yes, I like to say that. Well, I've gained weight. I must be turning fat into muscle. Good. Now, um, and, uh, this is nothing to laugh about, though. Domestic violence failures. No. Huge issue. Yeah, this is. And uh, police forces are certainly uh, copping a load of uh, flack for this. This is 35 out of our 43 police forces who fail the test failed to handle cases of domestic violence and domestic abuse adequately. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary, basically they're the inspector inspectors, they say that the response of police officers to all kinds of domestic abuse is alarming and ineffective. They don't always do basic things like gather evidence properly, interview the suspects thoroughly, mm. um, show any compassion for the victims of the violence. And the arrest rate is very low, just 45%. Mm. Um, and do you know what? We still pride ourselves about our police force, but oh, you get things like this. And you think, goodness me, somebody needs to pull their finger out. But it's not just somebody, actually. Is it? It's 35 out of 43 need to pull their finger out. Yeah. Well, listen, don't worry about it. You're not in the, we're in the same boat together when it comes to police and reacting to all these issues. Uh, but let's talk about those loser sports. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's always a little litmus test of the times, a sign of the times, the funding for each individual sport. Often... Uh, the more success you get, say, for instance, uh, the Winter Olympics, the bobsleighs, we've done very well in, so that'll keep getting its funding. The more medals you win, the more success you get, the more that sport gets funded. Sports where you don't do so well, then don't get funded, and then the, you're never going to do well, I suppose there could be that argument. This is, though, also based on participation. So lo and behold, a load of sports have suffered because of falling grassroots participation. There are simply fewer mm. people doing these things. And number one, football, soccer. Astonishingly, there are 200,000 fewer players than there were a few years ago. Wow. Football is losing some of its sponsorship uh, from the, the government, that is. The other sports to lose out are hockey, netball, rowing, and we're rather good at that, 
Um, I suppose we're good at that at the elite end. Um, and mountaineering, though I'm not, um, you know, mountaineering is a fantastic thing, but is yeah. it really a sport? Yeah. It's not the kind of thing you sort of casually stumble across. Oh, I think I'll have a go at a mountain today. I mean, Dame <laughs> Julie Andrews did a mountain, didn't she? Does that count as a sport? It's bowls a sport. Yes. That's, that's the old, do you have to be athletic? You know, darts, bowls, snooker. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting questions. We'll see what our listeners have to say about that on 021-446-0567. Now, the Time Warp car, where can I buy one? <laughs> well, next week it'll be up for auction in Norfolk. This is a 27-year-old car, um, but absolutely pristine, as the dealers put it, in Time Warp condition. So uh, a 1987 Volvo 340 has all of 132 miles on the clock. Mm -hmm. It's so pristine that it still has the paper mats from the car dealer and the showroom smell, that lovely new car smell that you, you, I don't know, how long does it last normally? Six months if you're lucky. But this one has lasted 27 years. Essentially, an elderly gentleman bought it, brand new, had a minor graze with a bollard in a car park, he basically scraped the wing mirror, lost his nerve, locked the car in the garage, and never drove again. <laughs> and the elderly gentleman, unfortunately, died this month, but sure. leaving behind, I was going to say his pride and joy, but I guess not, his forgotten pride and joy, his momentary pride and joy. And yes, I have to say, being a Volvo and being Swedish, it still runs like an elf inside a fjord. It's <laughs> <laughs> it purged, this car. Adam, have a good one. Have a good weekend. That's Adam Gilchrist with your UK report.